Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, welcome to another episode of Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. Today, Wilson and Torres and I are joined by the notorious Blum Brothers of Galena, Illinois. Wilson, I'll give it to you first. Hey, hey, young world. There you go. Yeah, hey, Wilson hasn't been on the podcast in a bit, so have, welcome I, back. I'm off tune, bro. I'm sorry. There, yeah, just, you know, self-quarantine, making sure that everyone's well. Hope everyone is well, surviving. You know how that works. Yeah. I hope so, too. Uh, no, it's got a weird uh, time. I think Callum O'Donnell might have taken your place, he said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what Seems to be weird lately. I don't know. Something's going on. It's weird. Something weird about weird. that. That beautiful face you see right there um, is one of the, uh, I guess, half of the Blum Brothers Distilling Co. Right there. That's Matt. We also have his brother Mike on uh, Skype right now. Then Wilson is also on Skype with me. So it's uh, going to be a little bit delayed if you have some questions or anything like that. But we're going to try our best to do this here, and then we'll put it out um, audio-wise on a podcast as well. So, Mike and Matt, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I should say welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. We kind yeah. of, we've done this before. We didn't. Uh, it was earlier in the day, but uh, yeah, we've done it. Still a mood for drinking right now. Either way, how's uh, how's your week been? So it's uh, just to catch everybody up, I guess. Um, we're uh, on quarantine. The cor- the coronavirus hit America. If you hadn't heard yet, so if you haven't, I'm not sure what sh- like how to rock you. What? Exactly. That's what I was looking for right there. My fireplace stopped. Oh no! Uh, Yeah, this is a weird world we're living in right now. It's like crazy, crazy, crazy. Definitely so. I mean, it's uh, something that I was at an event in Colorado three weeks from right now, last uh, three weeks ago, doing a whiskey event, and or two weeks ago, and shaking hands and pouring whiskey for people and. Now we're on lockdown and not uh, pouring whiskey, not doing events, and you guys are making hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something we uh, we've always you know aspired to do. I mean, since we were little boys, you know. I remember Mike and I. I think I think it was your seventh birthday party, Mike. I think mm. I was nine and a half, and you just started talking about hand sanitizer. You got a big, big bottle of hand sanitizer, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Mike Blum wanted to make hand sanitizer, so here we are, Blum Brothers, 2020, <laughs> and we finally finally met our dreams. Awesome. Well, I just want you to know that I'm holding the the line strong for Whiskey Week right behind me. So even though we're missing it all this week, and we would have been yeah, potentially tonight would have been the culmination of it all. Yeah, we would have been. Well, I don't think were you guys doing Whiskey Fest? I wasn't. Uh, no. Yeah, neither were we. Um, but we were going to have a big party with Lou Bryson over at Beguile today. That was the original plan. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff now popping up in our calendar that, you know, just even if it was like, a, you know, whatever, a big barbecue with like five families at a, somebody's house, like popped up tonight for Friday night. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was tonight. And it's just like, right. you don't even see it coming a week away and then be like, oh, that probably won't happen. It just all of a sudden it's like, boop. Your calendar pops up with a, hey, you're supposed to be here in an hour. And it's like, no. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, nothing. (laughs) Hey, Matt. Nothing, you know, it's like everybody else. Nobody knows what day it is, what time it is, what, you know. Mm. Crazy. Crazy. Go ahead, Wilson. Wilson. I'm sorry. Yeah, Matt. uh, Some dude named uh, Bourbon Dad 24 wants to know if you got a nice down here. Nope. Oh, what was that, Wilson? Bourbon Dad wanted to know what? He wants to know if Matt. 
and his tracking info. And his tracking info. His tracking info? For what? Yeah, that's Bourbon Dad 24. Who asked that? Bourbon Dad 24. Bourbon Dad 24. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. <laughs> yeah, so everybody who's uh, live on Instagram right now, it's only Mike and I can, or Matt and I can see each other. Um, Wilson and Mike are remote as well, answering questions, and we'll feed them in to you. So sorry for the confusion, but technology is holding us up this way. So for now. Um, but yeah, so I guess a little bit, we don't need to probably go much into the info, I guess, of the background of the distillery. If you haven't known, um, if you guys want to give a little short intro to, you know, Blum Bros, please go ahead and do so for our listeners who didn't hear our last podcast with you or the 18 podcast that Tony Blum joined us on. Oh, Tony. I miss Tony. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, where's Tony? Uh, I asked him to be invited, but I, I did invite him, but he declined the offer. <laughs> I posted a picture of us um, from the summer being all together with his face blurred out, and he didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. He also didn't appreciate the picture of us uh, flicking him off at Dylan's either, I guess. No, we had like, we had like 12 people in that picture. We had a bunch of locals, a bunch of townies. That was, uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was after uh, Galena Whiskey Weekend, we were... Hanging out at the great local establishment of Dylan's in Galena, Illinois. Yeah. Fun time indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out to Joe Henry. <laughs> Big Joe. Big Joe, said, Joe texted me about ten thirty this morning saying he's already drunk, so <laughs> I don't think he made it to eight o'clock tonight. I know it's funny. Uh, there was a I don't know a week and a half ago or something when all this start stuff started happening and we're all hunkering down and Joe's like, anybody got PlayStation? PlayStation Four. Yeah. Now, now we've got this like underground distillers group on PlayStation. You know, being able to play Red Dead Redemption or Call of Duty and stuff like that. Bunch of distiller nerds. Nice. I was the same way too. I put it up. I'm like, should I buy a PlayStation Four? I haven't bought anything since 2004, but I feel like t- today's the time. All right. Right. Yeah. Didn't, so, go, with, didn't go with it though. Well, yeah, so yeah, take us back a little bit about um, how you guys got started with everything and then what we'll kind of go into how you've now progressed into a hand sanitizer distillery. Here, Mike, you say something. I need to pour whiskey, so you talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, you could give the background. Listen, I talked a bunch earlier, but I had the microphone on mute, and it was pure gold. It was pure gold. So for all of you on Instagram, I can't hear Mike right now. He was telling us a story, but his mic was on mute. So um, that's the end of his conversation, I guess. <laughs> now he's just drinking whiskey. <laughs> no, but go ahead, Mike. Please continue. Um, yeah, I guess what? Even two weeks ago, we never imagined we'd be doing what we're doing. I mean, we still have you know, rum fermenting away that we're still kind of distilling here and there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was just kind of a mad scramble. Um, a number of distilleries had started doing this earlier, but we didn't really have the exemptions from our regulatory body. Uh, once we got those, we kind of made a mad scramble to buy materials. And that's been the hardest part of all of it is, uh, just sourcing everything you need. You know, normally we don't need bulk hydrogen peroxide or bulk glycerin or, uh, you know, eight ounce PET bottles. So why, why not? It's just every, well, now we have plenty. Um, 
is, is so it's a mad scramble. Um, everybody's buying this stuff up, so it's kind of spending all day calling different suppliers trying to find what we need just so we can crank this stuff out. So that's that's a big part of the challenge. And then, you know, the, the regulations and all of that, it's changing on a daily basis, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, a lot more mental leg work, I guess, than than physical. We have the right team to get the stuff cranked out, but we're kind of learning as we go. Yeah. It's, uh, so what was the initial steps to get? Um, I guess the, the bills passed or whatever the laws passed to actually be able to do this. Um, I guess, I guess there are a number of lobbying groups, you know, that work on behalf of the, uh, uh, distilling industry specifically, you know, uh, American craft spirits association, which is the only, um, you know, distiller owned trade organization. And then you have the distilled spirits council of the U S and, uh, a lot of effort between them speaking to Congress, talking about the need to, um, you know, give us exemptions on some of the normal FDA registrations and requirements that you have to do. And, uh, you know, we don't technically have a permit to make this kind of product, but it's just kind of been unfolding where they're saying, hey, between now and June 30th, and it can be extended, you can do this, 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 and this, and here's how you go about it. Mm. But like I said, it's that's even changing on a daily basis. Up until two days ago, even if we're giving this stuff away, we still have to pay federal excise tax on it. Okay. And now they're exempting us from federal excise tax if it goes to certain places like, uh, you know, state and local governments and medical facilities. So um, it's it's a constant, you know, it's a constant matter of just following the legislation and getting updates. So do you have to? then donate it to get those tax exempts? It looks like it. And, you know, yeah. that's that that's what our main focus has been anyway. Uh, we, you know, we didn't look at this as an opportunity to profit. We looked at it as an opportunity to to help, you know. And we, we were asking organizations for donations uh, just to help try and cover the material costs. Mm-hmm. Um but you know that's that's kind of where we are right now. We bottled up the first um, first batch of it really today. Where did you get the um, products like the bottles and everything, the labels to have that done in such a quick turnaround? Uh, it's it's the it's really the supplier that we get our sample bottles from. You know the little the little brown bottles that all of us in this industry like to uh, <laughs> send around to each other in the mail. What are you um, talking they about? Also carry, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Boston Round, right? <laughs> it's where I get those, and they have other kinds of bottles, but it's like even as they were in my shopping cart, like bulk amounts would start disappearing. Oh, really? So it's yeah. not like we had time to say, hey, let's find the perfect bottle and let's find the perfect cap. Instead, it's like, hey, I got a bunch of green bottles and I have some brown ones and I have some. Then instead of a mist top, it's like the top of over glue bottle. But yeah. you know what? It's going to do the job. Right. Um, They're absolutely terrible, but that's what we have to do. I mean, we're, we, you know, we've had 5,500 of these eight ounce bottles sitting in our distillery for two or three days ready to go. And we've been itching to fill them. And, you know, today the caps all show up and none of the threading is correct. So they're totally wrong. So 
you know, we call a company and hey, you sent us the wrong stuff. Oh yeah, sure did. Eh, except now we're out of the ones you need. Right. So right. Now it's, so now we ordered extra caps, caps to the old bottles. You know, new at the end of the day, we're gonna be filling up these yeah. cars. You know, it's that it's that dumb. Nothing's ever easy. No, mm-hmm. nothing is ever easy. Oh man, that's so crazy. Yeah. So in all honesty, we've been trying to get together for about three nights now. Um, but due to all this logistical issues with you guys, we haven't been able to do so. So thank you for ending your week with us. Hopefully you yeah. can enjoy oh, a drink. Enjoy a drink now. Yeah, we kind of tried to tried to do this a couple times, and it was the damn hand sanitizer that was, you know. I mean, it's it's a necessary thing. We got to do it, and yeah. we're we're loving that we can do it. But it's like we, Mike and I, are both more stressed out with the hand sanitizer than I think we've ever been with uh, any of the whiskey or gin or anything we've made. It's just like this whole thing you have to jump into instantly. There's no learning process. You just go. You know, I am proud of you, Matt. Twice in a row, you said hand sanitizer. For the past week, you've been saying sand sanitizer. Just yeah. Yeah. Completely stroking out every time you say it. So Either stroking out or alcohol induced, I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's been sand sanitizer. And I'll do it. Don't worry. I don't just know how long we're on. Now, did you guys just go ahead and take it upon yourselves to make this decision and just start producing with, you know, with the intent of just making you had it for for a moment's notice that, hey, anyone can help us out? Or were you approached to, you know, to produce? So Wilson just asked um, through our Skype that were, if anybody approached the, the Blum Brothers to uh, make this or was this kind of on based on their own uh, goodwill and initiative that way? Yeah, it was, I mean, we weren't coached or anything. It was really just, uh, I, I, honest to God, I was getting my hair cut like two and a half three weeks ago, I don't know, two weeks ago, yesterday, whatever day it was. It, was it all blends together. A couple weeks ago, and I was getting my hair cut, and some of the people that were in there, we all were, you know, local people, and we're all kind of joking around. I said, ah, before you know it, I'm going to be making hand sanitizer to be passing out, you know, and we all joked about it, and it was, at that time, it was, you know, a joke. I mean, I didn't think we'd be doing it, and then, uh, you know, fast forward, and when we got into this, you know, further into this pandemic, it was, you know, well, could we do that? And, you know, per the actual laws and regulations, we technically couldn't. So it wasn't until, you know, the, the uh, switch was flipped and we were able to do it that we, I mean, the moment that came through, we said, all right, and we just, I think we had stuff ordered, you know, materials ordered within 30 minutes of that moment. So we just, knew we had to do it you know so who uh who got the laws switched was it a collective group of people or was it i i I think i think it was the the trade organization reaching out um explaining you know the value of what we could do given the shortage and obviously uh you know, a lot of what people don't understand about this industry is there is a hell of a lot of bureaucracy going on in the background. Oh yeah. As you can imagine. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's difficult for us to get labels approved at times. And, and when you think about something like this, where, Hey, we're going to start working with these chemicals that are not typically used in beverage alcohol, <laughs> you know, and we're going to be doing this with it and this with it. And it was, uh, it was just, we needed somebody to clear the way. Um, people reached out to us before the legislation changed saying, hey, this distillery is doing it. This one's doing it. And we're like, they're not doing it legally at the moment. Like it's coming from a good place. But 
you know, you can't just start doing it and hope they change the law. So we were mentally prepared once that exemption was made to just jump in head first. Right. You know, because, I mean, you see the amount of distilleries here in Illinois, um, here in the Midwest and across the country and now across the world just kind of going after it. And the distillery I work for, we were having some problems with doing it because AR Distillery is shut down right now for innovations. And the government shut us down for innovations because of the, the coronavirus outbreak in Australia. And they're like, well, we can still do it on a small still, but we really don't know if we can do it legally. And now it's kind of in that that space where do we do it but not get anything out there for a couple of weeks? And we're kind of behind a schedule. And then you kind of have that the optics sitting there too from you know i guess a marketing standpoint you'd hate to use those words but like does it look like you're jumping on the train too late and you were late to the party in that sense but uh i think overall people understand we just need these supplies out there yeah i mean mike mike and i have talked about that a bunch of times just the simple fact of um you know with all the different guidelines and rules you have to follow to get this product out you know that's our normal grind with getting a bottle of whiskey out as you guys know there's all kinds of crap you got to do. You got to dot all your I's and cross all your T's and make sure you're doing it right. Where this hand sanitizer, um, you know, and I'm not saying we're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying, I think all distilleries, Mike knows where I'm going with it. I mean, all distilleries right now are kind of, you know, if I forget to cross a T or cross an I, I'm sending it out, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, in a, in a, in a harmful way, just, yeah, you know, with the regular effort the label things and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, uh, we need to get this out. I don't think we need to reprint these labels and things like that. We're just kind of just going and saying, we'll deal with it later. And who in their right mind is going to come at us because we didn't have the right serial number on it or something like that. You know, right. Uh, you, I mean, I'm guessing that government officials have much more thing, like busier things to do, more important things to do than watch after those kind of smaller bureaucratic steps. But you never know in this industry because we do run by that thin red tape that we we're always go- or thick red tape, I should say, that we're always going through to get our um, our you know mm-hmm. new spirits passed, new labels passed, and everything that goes about that in this industry. Which I, I don't think people outside of that, the people that are picking up the bottles on the shelf, don't completely understand how much it takes just to get one new product out on the shelf. Yeah. And you guys are doing something, you know, completely different. And it's probably hasn't, it probably hasn't been since world war two that we've seen distillery step up in this kind of manner where not, not that we're going on a prohibition or anything like that, but you're stepping in for not a war effort to go, you know, serve people across the world, but a, an effort to stop a virus that is an enemy to everybody in this world. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's, it's something that, in the footnotes of the history of the whiskey industry, you know, we have more books coming out every uh, month. It seems about the history of whiskey, and it always kind of goes back to the war efforts. If it's World War One or World War Two, or even the Civil War, how whiskey played its involvement in all of that. I think this will be definitely not just a, not just a footnote, but in a whole entire chapter about how in, uh, the industry across the whole world has come to help out the medical um, the medical industry. Yeah, I, that's the cool thing about it, just seeing everybody just jumping in and doing, a, you know, kind of like us, and everyone's in the same boat as us. Right. Um, all the other distillers that are doing this, it, it was kind of, let's just order what we need, make the product, get it out, and worry about the dollars and cents of it later. You know, no one's trying to get rich on it, and if, if they are, shame on them, but, uh, right, right, right. you know, it's it's really about squashing this thing so we can all get back to 
we can all get back to work and get back to normalcy at some point. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it is, it's uh, a lot of people have compared it to wartime and, um, it's not your traditional war, but it's definitely a wartime uh, experience. Yeah, definitely. Have, I mean, are you, how are you guys like preventing that from happening where someone could come in and say, I want to buy 500 of your bottles because I see it as a collector's item to have in the future to hold. Uh, we haven't had too much of that yet. We, we more, it's interesting just to even show the desperation to get hand sanitizer in bigger industry, you know, okay. We on a daily basis, we're getting contacted by extremely large organizations like, you know, Department of Corrections for a state and places across the country saying, hey, we need 500,000 to a million bottles by the second week of April. Like we're bidding it out. Can you guys do that? Mm. Which, of course, we laugh at like we, we can't get anywhere near that. Um, but there are a lot of companies trying to buy this up in bulk from uh, small, small distilleries, but, um, we've only been contacted, you know, probably nine or 10 times about doing like a, a store pick of hand sanitizer. So okay. we are considering so, that. Yeah. We've got a, we do have a new cask strength, uh, hand sanitizer coming out. Um, it'll be another week or two. Um, yeah, we got, <laughs> We got a single barrel that's coming out. It's phenomenal. It's got this this great essence to it. Uh, a lot of big things happening. A lot of big things. <laughs> Amazing. Speaking How, of big things happening, uh, yeah. there's a quick question if I may. I'm sorry. Go for uh, it, Wilson. Baroque, Baroque and Bald wants to know um, if the absence has ever got off uh, onto production or not. The what? The absinthe? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we just bottled the second batch. We're wax dipping it right now. So there you go. It was a uh, tank rested for a whole year, and we just bottled it, and we're waxing it. So that should be available soon for nobody to come drink at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we should have that on our on our shelves real quick here for nobody to come drink. I think that's the new T-shirt instead of the Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah, our bar pretty sad nowadays we all you know we're over there making hand sanitizer so we're all there and we're it's weird we used to all sit at the end of the bar you know we have customers and during lunchtime during the week you know we all at the distillery we all have lunch together every day it's kind of you know we're all a family so everyone sits at the end of the bar or at a couple tables you know kind of if there are customers there during the weekday midday and now we're all no one's there, so there are like five of us, and we're all like sitting four or five feet apart, you know, six feet, six, six feet apart, six feet apart. Six feet apart. We're all sitting minimum six feet apart, you know. I've already measured it out in advance to make sure. It's, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's weird. How yeah, have you guys done that as a distillery, you know, with um, employing other people, taking this on as a responsible um, owners, but also having responsibility, I guess, to your country, I guess, in, in large when it comes to producing the hand sanitizer for people that need it. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, you want us to jump in? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear the question. Um, how do you take the responsibility on as being you know, business owners and employing people, but also taking on the responsibility of deploying all this uh, hand sanitizer out to the rest of the country that needs it? How do you balance well, that? I mean, all joking aside, obviously we don't really have much coming in. You know, it, it yeah. is a it is a balancing act and trying to continue to engage customers and 
um, you know, make sales is, is a big part of it. Um, the first thing we did right off the bat was we cut Tony Blum. Thank yeah. God. We, 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 we let him go. Um, Hashtag cut the fat. <laughs> so that's why Tony Blum's not on the podcast tonight. Um, you know, but Tony, no, reached, it's, Tony it's, reached out it, to me personally about the mistreatment he's had. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's kind of a balance between trying to keep and maintain some sense of normalcy. You know, uh, we're trying to bring people in starting next week to help bottle this stuff up. People who aren't really getting hours, um, we're going to start being able to provide those. Um, you do have more than one still, you know, so we are still making products in addition to this. So, um, it's kind of, it just adds to the logistics and the amount of work that you have to get done, but we're trying to not let it, you know, completely destroy the morale. And, um, we, yeah, yeah, we've, we've tried to keep the morale high and, you know, we've got, I mean, outside of Mike and I, I think 17, 18 employees, something like that, you know, with production staff, tour guides, bartenders, Matthew Brown, or, you know, our loyal sales manager in the out, out in Illinois. Um, we, you know, we're, we're keeping everybody, everybody's salary is still employed. Everyone, wow. everyone's still employed. Um, uh, our five tour guides, their age demographic really Mike and I, just because of our relationship with our five tour guides, um, they're all over the age of 70. Um, they're all high risk and because of our relationship with them. We just told them, don't come in. We don't want to see it work. You know, yeah, it's not, you know, Hey, when things it's just right now, it's just, we we'll just stay home, you know, stay home. They're at that, they're at that age. So, you know, our bartenders were trying to bring in to, uh, help us with the, uh, the hand sanitizer, but, uh, we're trying to keep as many people busy as we can and we're still chugging along and doing what we can. <laughs> it kind of, kind of sucks. Like, as Mike said, there's virtually nothing coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, we might, might sell a couple bottles out of the shop every day, um, each day, but that's really about it. Um, you know, but, but like I said, we're just, we're doing what we can now and then we'll figure the rest out later. So your bottle shop is still open? Uh, it is only because we're making hand sanitizer. Um, we, we, I would, you know, I, I know Benny's is open in Chicago, and there are some liquor stores open. I don't really know if we would have been deemed. I mean, in Illinois, alcohol is deemed, you know, essential. So, yeah. so our I don't know. We probably would not have been essential, but uh, strictly because we are making hand sanitizer. All our local officials are like, yeah, you guys are. You know, completely essential. I'm I'm buddies with a sheriff here in town. He goes, if anyone <laughs> if anyone gives you any, of course I am. He frequents Dylan sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he does. Mama he fleet me, he goes, if anybody gives you a hard time, uh, you know, if you're out and about, anyone gives you a hard time, call me and I'll deputize you. I'm like, regulators. <laughs> That's later. I called him. I go, everybody's giving me a hard time. <laughs> this whole city is giving me a hard time. They're all everybody, arrested. Everybody. <laughs> Tweeter does what Tweeter does do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, and it's crazy the, the whole, I mean, to balance the jobs of people, you know, their livelihoods are essentially in your hands and kind of running around with that where everyone here is just 
you know, like, do I stay inside? Do I go outside to walk the dog? Do I go to the grocery store to buy groceries? Do I, you know, when I get food dropped off to try to support your local businesses here that are still open for delivery and pickup orders? Like, how, how do I come in contact with you without becoming, coming in contact with you in a dangerous way? Um, how have you guys done that as a company when your com- when your employees are coming in to make sure that everyone's safe? <clears throat> I mean, we've, you know, we've, we've listened to all the news. We're, we're, we're taking this whole thing very seriously. You know, lots of people are, lots of people aren't. Um, We're taking it very seriously. We have offered curbside pickup or we'll bring it out. You know, if somebody wants a bottle that at the beginning, um, right. As this was all kind of, you know, coming to be a reality. um, We had a bunch of people come and call us for curbside pickup and it's kind of died off a little bit. I think the the novelty of curbside Mm -hmm. pickup has worn off. But, um, you know, as far as employees coming in, we've got wipes and, um, hand sanitizer that, uh, believe it or not, we had before this, we've got all the necessary precautions in place at the distillery. And we've been very, I mean, even our key employees that are helping us make the hand sanitizer, our, our production crew, we have literally talked to them. Mike and I have had to sit down and really talk to them about, you know, even if you're not here at work and you're being safe here, if you are going to be here making hand sanitizer with us at the distillery, then when you're outside of work hours, we need you to be taking this seriously there as well. Right. We can't have you running over, you know, going, seeing some friends and going to a barbecue and then coming to the distillery the next day and making hand sanitizer. So we've taken it very seriously. And, and luckily we've got a great crew that um, takes it as seriously as we do and we trust them all wholeheartedly. So, um, it's, it's working out so far, uh, pretty well. That's amazing. Uh, what is the situation like up there in Northwest Illinois? Is it a much of a scare when it comes to the rising people that have tested positive as this Chicago just keeps rising and rising on each day? You know, we, we haven't, um, we haven't had a lot. We've had in our county, we've had one positive case. Um, you know, it's only a matter of time before that is blown out of the water with, you know, a bunch of cases. But that's kind of the thing. It's uh, everyone is getting scared. Um, obviously, you hold the United States is scared. Everybody's scared. But, um, you know, uh, uh, it's really New York is unfortunately a great learning lesson for, you know, hopefully Pritzker here in Illinois. Um right. Hopefully, Illinois is paying very close attention to what happens in New York right now, all the good things that they've done and all the bad things that they've done. Um, Illinois needs to use that as a learning experience. Every every state needs to use that as as a learning experience. But, you know, Chicago is going to be one of the next big the next big booms after New York. So, um, you know, we really need to be cognizant of what's happened already and, you know, use that knowledge. Um, but you know, now it's, people are even worried about, I've read articles about people in rural areas like us, you know, we're a town of 3,400 and, you know, there are people talking about, you know, city, city folk that, uh, are worried about this pandemic and they're saying, you know, Oh, this is going to come to Chicago next. So I'm getting the F out of Dodge. And then they're going to the rural areas like Galena and then people in areas like us are worried that, Oh, well, they're going to bring it with them then. You know, all of a sudden now, now Chicago went from how many cases, you know, now it's tenfold and now we've got 
a bunch of people coming to our town to escape it and half of them brought it with them, you know? So it, that's, that's the reason it's not going to even just stick to the big, the big cities. It's just, it's going to be everywhere and everyone will feel it. Yeah. If you feel a little snuggle underneath your covers tonight in your bed, it's not your children. It's me just trying to escape it all. (laughs) (laughs) So when you guys were, when you guys decided to do the hand sanitizer, you were given the the go um, to produce hand sanitizers. The, the, gov- the state government or federal government reach out to you and say, hey, here are some guidelines to follow in the production of, the storage of, or did you guys just use common sense, you know, when you just shared, hey, you know, if you guys are going to help us make sanitizer, you know, you can't come, you know, you can't leave here and go out and party and then come back and, and help mm-hmm. us again. Did well, you enforce well, this by well, yourself so we give some guidelines about that? The federal government came directly to Mike and I and said, okay, <clears throat> get this out to everybody. So we need the blonde brothers input on this. So, you know, they came right to us immediately. (laughs) (laughs) At least least we can still be smart asses. (laughs) I'm glad you've held your sense of humor. Yeah. Rom Rom came out of retirement and came straight up from Chicago to say hi to you guys and make sure you're still doing everything on point. Um, No, not really. In fact, if I, if I recall, you know, federal government said, you know, go on and do this, you're getting the exemption. And if I recall, Matt, didn't you just kind of send an email to the liquor commission? They're like, yeah, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, <laughs> obviously, drop a mix. That was me. Um, for all the, uh, <laughs> for all the, you know, years that we've worked with the Illinois liquor commission, you know, I, I you know, usually things are a battle. Um, Mm -hmm. in every state with the government, any, any sense of bureaucracy, things are going to be a battle to get anything done. You can't just throw in a label for something that's going to, you know, go through the first time you're always squabbling over something. That's just classic bureaucracy. And, you know, I sent an email to uh, my contact, the head of the Illinois liquor control commission and, Hey, we want to do this, blah, blah, blah. This is our plan. We're going to follow the, the world health organization guidelines, you know, what do we need to do? Or how do we become okay? And she's basically just goes, just go. You're good. Amazing. Go. You know, which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, which makes me go, wow, why can't everything be like that? <laughs> uh, that was uh, right. <laughs> right now, it doesn't matter. You just you just go. You know, you figure it out later. Yeah, you know. But as far as as far as safety and stuff that, you know, if you're a distillery that's already working with high proof spirits or uh, caustics like sodium hydroxide, you should already have personal protective gear. You should know, uh, you know, how to ground tanks containing high-proof spirit. You should know how ethanol acts when it escapes from containment. So, um, you know, no guidance was sent out like, hey, you should kind of start doing this stuff now. Uh, it's, it's kind of a moment where you hope places that are taking this on have already implemented a lot of the safety protocols that they should have. Um you know, the, in a lot of cases, this is higher proof stuff than a lot of distilleries ever touch, especially those who don't make vodka. Yeah, I was wondering on the kind of logistical side of from distilling it all, how is it different from versus whiskey? Uh, it's it's basically it needs to be distilled to a minimum of 190 proof, so it's extremely mm. high proof and just clean um, <laughs> ethanol. You know. Uh, yeah. Whereas, yeah, bourbon, rye, distilled under 160 and all that. So it just basically, uh, you know, we have to follow the World Health Organization 
um, recipe for this and you need to start with 192 192 proof spirits and then when you add um, the other components to it it takes it down to an 80 percent abv mixture um, so even once you've added all the ingredients it's still extremely high proof all right well so you any- have to worry about ttbs labeling or any of that usually all those little loopholes that you there, loops that you had we, we do have to um, – the FDA did give out specific guidelines on what we need okay. to do for the labels and what we have to put on there. Um, nice. But we don't have to go get label approval. We don't have to register uh, barcodes with the state. Good. You know, it's, it's – right. as long as you make sure you have this on your labels and, you know, a lot of distilleries don't have the right stuff on the labels. But at the same time, I don't think anybody is retroactively going to come back unless they're selling it in a way that it's kind of unsafe and, yeah. you know, imply it's, it's something you can actually drink. Um, yeah. so I think as long as you're making a good faith effort, you're probably in a good place, but we really do like to pay attention to the regs and make sure we're, you know, following the code. And is it, do you think that the, the kind of the reins were kind of let loose a little bit because this was something that was produced for not read for, for, you know, you can't resell it. So, right. Know, well, actually, we we can sell it. There are some places oh, you can sell. Okay. You can sell it. Um, yeah. I think that's where they're drawing the line with the federal excise tax relief. Is if you're selling it, I think you still have to pay the FET. If gotcha. you're giving it away to certain organizations, you don't. Um, but they definitely relaxed everything. It was kind of surprising just right. knowing the amount of bureaucracy. Um, that we always have to go through with the Code of Federal Regulation. So yeah. it was surprising, but it's it's reassuring. I mean, it it also just shows how important this is. I mean, Correct. TTB loves yeah. their tax money, man. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, love is an understatement. Got it, then why the fuck would you care what goes on the label? But at the same time, the severity of the situation under the circumstances, I should say, and of course, unless you're reselling. So was there an extra step for you if you were or was it just because barcodes essentially are, you know, for what? For just record keeping, for inventory control, or for sale control? I mean, I mean for all of that. The barcodes, the barcodes are, you know, they're just, registered. Well, there were different ones for certain, you know, uh, for, for, as uh, for, for, I, I'm lost for words, but if it was for resale, then you have a specific, a specific code. If it's not, then just for the sake of, you know, inventory control and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. you had a different that as well. No, I mean, the, they don't, they don't bar- seem to be concerned with we, that. Okay. Register a uh, a barcode for a product, you know, that is being registered on a on a national, uh, on a global level for the most part. Um, okay. That, okay. you know, it's getting registered so that, uh, you know, if we sell a pallet to Illinois and we sell a pallet to Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of who's uh, using their little barcode zapper, it's going to come up you know, Blum Brothers bourbon right in their system. Right. Um, okay. So, you know, obviously you, you know, you pay a service to have that uh, ability every year for X amount of barcodes. And um, the nice thing about this is we're not selling any of it. So we aren't worried about barcodes. We're not, you know, this isn't going to our distributor where then it's going to go to Binnie's or Kroger gotcha. or Jewel or Mariano's. Um, nobody needs a barcode. So we didn't even, I didn't even bother messing with it. You know, usually 
barcodes are just so they can scan it and you know that's about it and it can get traced back and making sure it's all done the right way but uh yeah we didn't even need it we do have on the back you know the drug interactions the the world health organization did give us uh, a graphic of the you know on the back of any pill bottle it's got the, yeah, the drug indications and the basically you know, <clears throat> yeah, fda requirements that yeah. i was wondering about that yeah yeah we've got that on the back and we've got some of the uh <clears throat> you know the normal uh that was not a dry cough by the way um we've got Ooh. some of the verbiage, you know topical solution only not for consumption that type of things on there so um we basically everything the world health organization um put out quickly and said we'd like we, we want this on the you know, they put out some things. They said we really like this on the label. They put out some things. They said this is these are non-binding things that we'd like to have on the label. So we kind of just put everything on. Uh, you know, we're not. This didn't need to look pretty. Our label for this didn't look need to look pretty. Like who cares? I don't. I'm not gonna have it on the shelf so it catches somebody's eye. But at the at the same time, I don't want it to look like uh, you know Joe Dirt made in his garage and and sold it to the local <laughs> hospital. You know, so it had to have some sort of sense of professionalism to it. So um, it, it's pretty awesome. A local screen printing uh, business here in Galena, and I'll give you a little uh, interesting fact about them. But there's a business here in Galena called Signcraft Screen Printing, okay. and it's been here for a really long time, and. Uh, a lot of people have won. So they reached out to us and said, we would love to donate all the labels to your uh, your bottles, which is awesome. You know, yeah. Yeah. small town here, people coming together. Right. Um, they said, we'd love to donate all the labels. You tell us how many you need and we'll print them, which was awesome. Um, a lot of people have said, well, how, how is Signcraft even open right now? How is a, you know, how is a screen printing business uh, essential, deemed essential? Um, little known fact about Signcraft is for, I don't know, over five years, probably over 10 years, they have held the contract with, uh, John Deere. So they actually right here in Galena, this little, this business here does every single decal for every piece of John Deere equipment. Wow. So every, every John Deere tractor, lawnmower, anything you see, um, the decals are made here in Galena. So um, that's, that's why they're deemed essential. You know, John Deere's deemed agriculture and, you know, yeah. farmers keep going. So, uh, kind of that trickle down, but, uh, we're glad they're essential. Cause, um, that was, that was really awesome. They jumped in to help out. Yeah. Doesn't get I, more localized than that. Yeah. Back to the production aspect of it, if I may, um, this is the first, you guys are absorbing the cost for the, for the most part of, of producing this first round of sanitizer you know god will god hopefully you know god willing we can get out of this within the next you know short amount of time without giving it too long of uh, of a of a wait time what about the second round how how would we all come out of this i mean are we gonna then now look for you know uh funds of some sort from the government or self um raised or self and you know invested you know, because we don't know how long this is going to last, and I don't know how much you guys produce, along with all the other distilleries that have jumped um, to the front line, such as yourselves. You know, how are we? Are you guys looking at the next round at all, and how you would come? You know, get through that. Yeah, I think, and I'll let Mike jump in here after I'm uh, kind of begin this. But 
it's really yeah i mean if if we can get money from the government who's going to say no for money from the government right, right. all the government does take your money so why, why not take money back um so if we can get money from the government 100 percent, we're going to do that um like i said we've we've kind of made this commitment to our you know our our salaried employees and our, our family our, our blum brothers distilling family um we're trying trying our best to take care of everybody so um we'll try to get whatever relief we can get from the government but you know mike will agree with me here i don't think it's going to be having the funds to do it i think the bottleneck is going to be the materials honestly yeah it is absolutely um even a number of things we ordered that were in stock at the time it's like as the week is going on, you get an email saying, hey, that thing you ordered that was in stock is going to be delayed by three weeks. And so, like, I, that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. It's, it's just gotcha. a constant, okay, that's delayed now, so now we have to go find it here. And um, that's, that is the bottleneck, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Matt and I had a conversation earlier today, and I was telling him about how we wanted to get this going at our distillery in Australia, but literally there's just no bottles to be ordered and delivered in Australia right. at a 200 milliliter um, size volume uh, for able to like, give it out to the people and give it to them. So we're kind of sitting there like, well, we can do this technically um, – well, possibly, I guess, if we kind of go, if the government allows us to do it, but at the end of the day, we're just going to have hand sanitizer sitting in a vat, not be able to get out to the public. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you have to get the praise companies like Fanatics, who are now um, opening, reopening their warehouses and rehiring back, I think, over 100 employees to make face masks out of um, baseball jersey material and losing, I think they, they're, they're thinking they're going to lose one to $3 million in profits um, and just also paying their people to come in and work for essentially. Um, for donation to give uh, to the medical supplies industry uh, for face masks for so that nurses and doctors and anybody on the front lines that are helping these people out that are infected with the virus um, can be healed and treated. So I think yeah. it's a big prophecy to you guys to do all that for us and you know help out everybody who's in who I mean everyone in this world is literally contacted or somehow affected by this virus. So you're doing your part. I mean, it might seem small because, you know, you come from a town of 3,400 people, but it speaks to volumes that you guys do in the character of your company and how you're going to impact this whole entire state. Well, it's not, I mean, a lot of, uh, yeah, everybody's thanking us and we appreciate that. And that's, that's great. But I mean, it, it wasn't a, you know, anything we even discussed. I mean, you know, Mike and I looked at each other and said, go, you yeah. know, let's go. I mean, we, it's our duty to do this. You know, right. we have the equipment, the know-how and the, um, you know, we're in the position that we could do it. So it was just something we had to do. Uh, you know, like I said, we all want to, we all want to be on the other side of this thing. Mm. You know, that's all anybody cares about right now is let's get on the other side of this thing right. and then let's rebuild. Cause there's going to be a ton of rebuilding to do. Um, mm. so, you know, if, if, spreading out as much hand sanitizer as possible, you know, as quickly as possible. Um, if that's, if that's a move that will help, I think we all think that will help Then we'll do whatever we can to do it. You know? So it's, uh, you know, and we love seeing all the distilleries and, you know, and if you have a local distillery that's not doing it, you know, don't, don't give them a hard time and act like they're not jumping in. It's a materials thing. It's hard to get the materials. Also smaller distilleries don't have, you know, there's a lot of overhead in the, in the business and, you know, um, 
it doesn't mean they don't want to. It's just uh, you kind of have to be at a certain point to be able to uh, jump in and do it. So, right. uh, I mean, they're making sacrifices even if they're not making true. hand sanitizer, and it's all it's all about trying to keep people employed. But you know, that's why our main focus on this is supporting the people who can't stay home, right? right. So supporting right. the doctors and nurses and first responders, the firefighters, yeah. the police. Yeah. Um, they're the real, you know, heroes of all this. Mm-hmm. Like they know they're going yeah. to be exposed. So um, the fact it's it's kind of sobering the number of requests we've received. I mean, Chicago Police Department, uh, firefighters from states that are hundreds of miles away. Illinois it's Department of Corrections. I mean, we've, like, we've gotten. Yeah. The fact that they don't have access to this right. is it's kind of scary. You know, you kind of figured yeah. all the consumers like mm-hmm. they bought it up, you know, at Walmart or whatever. But yeah. surely, you know, the the hand sanitizer companies are still getting this out to all the medical facilities and whatnot. And it's not happening. You know, yeah. the hard part, the weirdest hard. part about it is. You know, I being in a small town, you know, we're in a town of 3,400, which is a little, uh, I don't know, it's a little deceiving in the sense that, you know, we get 1.5 million tourists every year. So we've got a lot of business in this town. Most, you know, when I moved this town, a buddy of mine said 3,400 people. Do you guys even have McDonald's? Like, well, yeah, we've actually got, you know. We got 10, fucking Dylan's. 41 <laughs> restaurants total. So there's, exactly. there's a lot of business here. The thing yeah. I've noticed the most, you know, our hospital is totally out. The nursing home is completely out. Um, the workshop here in town that works with um, uh, people with disabilities, totally out. But then I go to Walmart and I go up to the pharmacy to fill a prescription. And I go, wow, you got a big jug of hand sanitizer. They go, oh, we have stockpiles of it. And I go, really? You know, they go, oh, we've got so much of it. And then I go to the drugstore, you know, the uh, Hardig drug down the street. And they're like, oh, we've got a whole bunch in the back. So these like retailers, you know, the Piggly Wiggly, the Walmart, I'm not saying anything against them, but yeah, they have that contract. They have that pipeline coming in, but it's the hospitals that need it, you know? So, um, you know, we're just trying to fill out. I mean, we've ordered outside of the eight ounce bottles and the 32 ounce bottles. We've ordered gallon jugs to try and get it out, you know, looking and into 25 liter jerry yeah, can. Like too. I said, we'll fill up Mason jars. <laughs> right. So we need to. That, no, that's but, totally uh, free prohibition right there. Just come up and fill yeah, up your Mason jar. Yeah. We're getting old school here. We're getting old school. Yeah. walk in the hospital here. Here you go. We got some of my grandpappy's hand sanitizer in my jar here. Dude, you know, you know some, you know somebody in like forty years from now, they're like, look at this Blum Brothers of hand sanitizer I got that back in the good old days. Well, it's funny, Mike and I were just talking the other day at the distillery. We have a display case where all when we have tours, the tour guide starts at the display case, and we've got a couple of bottles of old bourbon that was distilled in Galena at the old Joe Davies County Distillery in Galena in you know late thirties, forties. Um, we have old bottles in there. So we like to start with the history of Galena and everything. And as we've done cool things like a collaboration with Potosi brewery and things, we put some things in the cabinet, some things that are cool and important milestones. And I said to Mike, I go, well, we can't make the hand sanitizer label look too stupid because we're going to need to put it in the case, you know, 20 years from now having that hand sanitizer in the case, everybody will know exactly what it is. And right. You know, (laughs) You know, hopefully it's just this one year we do it, but 
Right. You know, I said, <laughs> we can't have it look dumb or we're going to look like idiots 20 years. <laughs> our kids are running this place. And oh, look what our dads did. Dummies. <laughs> look at fucking Tony Blum on the cover there. <laughs> look what, that label. Yeah, look what Tony Blum did. Tony Blum and his brothers. Uh, that's great. You know, I really hope that at the end of this, like as an industry, we can help, you know, like if it's private events for those firefighters, those first responders and the doctors, uh, I've had a few doctors, a lot of people in my family and friends that are nurses or work in the medical field. It's like, just come to us and let's, let's give you a day. It's all we can really give you. You know, as we don't, we, you know, you guys are doing much more than like Wilson and I can do as brand ambassadors. And you can actually contribute to this where we're just like, Hey, uh, we're going to order some food out from you guys to hopefully kind of contribute there and keep you afloat with some employees that you have hired still to, you know, run your kitchen and help out with your delivery service. But hopefully it's kind of like, maybe it's like a whiskey festival or something like that on the lines where we can come out, show them a good time, take their minds off of like what they just kind of went through over the last yeah. few months. Hopefully it's only a few months. It. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wilson, is there any questions from the interwebs? There was a uh, question asked by all the drinking um, asking, has anyone looked into Tetra packs? No. <laughs> no, 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 shut you down. What's a tetra, tetra pack? Uh, tetris later, though. Yeah, tetra, yeah. It uh, says, Has anyone looked into tetra packs? Like I've not pack heard of you put in five bucks and you get 500 tetra packs on Tetris. How's that I work? I think that's the deal that Walmart has. <laughs> uh, is that what it is? Maybe. Five bucks for five. <laughs> I will well, tell you, I'm happy about uh. About the hand sanitizer, uh, now that we actually have most of the materials and we're going at it, mm. in reality, just the, you know, <laughs> two weeks ago, we we're sitting at home. There's nothing to do. We don't know what we're doing. You know, you don't know what, to, what time. We've been working from home, and now we're back kind of at work doing something, which yeah. is great. You know, doing something, you know, idle hands. It's like I was I was sleeping in later, and I've slept in, you know, staying up later, and yep. just everything's been so wonky. So it's mm. kind of nice getting back. I mean, I was so bored. Look at this. I shaved my head. Oh, shit. Yeah. You boys like that? Wow. <laughs> Shoe ball. I Should I shave my head? Why not? Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I told my barber, I'm like, well, I won't be back until whenever you open up. So, yeah. Whenever that may be. No, it is. I, I agree with you. Like the, even just like the mental health and the physical health of all this is such a different aspect of everything that's kind of going on. I mean, people like us were used to being out in bars and drinking and socializing. And it's a whole part of our jobs is to get out there yeah. and be you know, like me and Wilson are, ba- are ambassadors, but you're ambassadors of your company for sure. Like that. And, uh, you know, being here with my wife, it's like, eh, you're here every day. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Would yeah. you get the fuck out of here?" Yeah. She's so like, I okay. got an answer about the Tetra packs. Oh. So t- they're tetra- like what they make juice boxes out of, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Box waters that we see at the fest that we do, Jake. You know that. Yeah. So, so as a possible, is that would that? I don't know if it meets FDA. Um, you should well, I don't know, I don't know how high proof of alcohol you could have in those. That's a good point. Probably not very high, considering it's you know a very thin coat over um, cardboard. But Especially if it's in a hot environment too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it was look cool. The the concept's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. it sounds really cool, but I don't I don't know 
realistically, uh, you know, like, like I said, there are distilleries that are getting high V to donate, uh, gallon jugs to them, you know, high V all the, and a lot of the listeners might not know of high V that's a big, um, a big chain, big grocery chain around, uh, Illinois and Iowa, mostly Iowa, but Great Chinese uh, food. they've shut down their water filling stations, really? you know, so they've shut down their water filling stations where people go fill up empty gallon jugs and bring the water home. So now they have all these gallon jugs sitting there. So some of the high V's are donating gallon jugs to distilleries to fill up. So, you know, honestly, at that point, I mean, I was joking about the moonshine jars, but you know, the Mason jars, but we have a bunch of jars. (laughs) Mike's probably laughing right now, but we have a bunch of jars, uh, left over from when we made moonshine and i'm like ah, i don't know man we might just start filling these things up Why you know not? i mean at this i like it better i like it better that you're saying that now because two yeah. weeks ago you're like we have all these moonshine jars maybe we should make some more moonshine <laughs> and i was like oh, no <laughs> Love yeah. like we've got like i don't know a thousand whatever five hundred thousand moonshine jars like just sitting around and i'm like how do we get rid of these things let's right. just let's just make one batch of moonshine and be done with it. Now I'm like, fill them up with moon, you know, fill them up with a hand sanitizer. Yeah. Like, everyone's just looking for something to put it in. And I know, you know, yeah, just, um, yeah, just using it as a re- refillable source. And whatnot, yeah. So. Yeah. Fill up your little, your little pumps and yeah. fill up yeah. your, your bottles with this. But, um, uh, all joking is I was joking about even making hand sanitizer right. two weeks ago. Totally joking about it. <laughs> and here we are neck deep in it. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. We'll be filling up Ziploc bags by Friday. Who knows? <laughs> Tetrapax, even. Tetrapax, maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, if it's uh, if it's safe in the near future, um, I know two guys in Chicago that will come out there and help you guys out if you need the hands. Um, for yeah, sure, that don't way. Bring um, your, don't bring your Chicago virus <laughs> out here. Yeah, I said if it was safe. If Chicago, Chicago germs in Chicago. We don't want. I love talking to you on video. I came, I came back from. I came back from Dylan's wanting a touch of sock just to make sure that was all right. But <laughs> oh, sitting at the bar. There were, there were dildos in the bar. So. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll hose you down with our hand sanitizer solution exactly. before you come in. Exactly. Like delousing you before going into prison. <laughs> well, we're about to go dark on Instagram because we're only uh, a lot of an hour of time there. But um, and we're about 17 seconds away from that happening. Um, but guys, appreciate it. Um, everything you've been doing right now, um, it's just uh, – I can't speak enough about it for you and all the distilleries out there that are contributing to all of our medical and you know first responders out there that they need the help with all of this. Uh, cheers to you guys. Yeah. Cheers, to you both. Cheers to the rest of your families, yeah, your, your your staff out there, everyone out in Galena. Cheers to you all. Yeah, all absolutely. the staff around Illinois, ever or around the nation, everyone needs props. Right, Give absolutely. Right. We just went dark. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, I, honestly though, like it's pretty amazing what you're doing and all the distillers are doing out there. So we do really appreciate it. Absolutely, boys. My, my, some of my best friends are two of my best friends are doctors and you know, they talk about, they text me like, are distilleries really making this stuff out there? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They're trying to do their part and it all. So, you know, they're like, well, as long as they can supply us, we'll be out there, you know, with a little bit more of a, a lending hand to help people out. Cause we know we can have the supplies behind us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's who needs it. Absolutely. What For are you sure. drinking by, by the way? Um, 
I am pulling a, uh, a what is known in a couple of our underground uh, groups, suburban groups we're in. I am doing what's known as a Goldman, mm. which is uh, drinking a, a a goblet. I'm going to call it a goblet of beer. <laughs> Um, in this case, it's a hazy IPA. Um, this one is a hazy hero from your favorite revolution. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, um, drinking that alongside a single barrel, uh, Russell's dessert. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sipping on both of those. It's uh, Can't a go nice little Russell. single barrel Russell's and a hazy. I love single barrel Russell's. Mike, what do you got? I was sick for uh, St. Patty's Day, so I pulled out. I usually pull on this uh, 22-year-old single malt uh, Irish whiskey. It's an independent bottle. It's really good stuff. Nice. Where did you get that? Uh, I ordered it from Whiskey Base over in the Netherlands a few uh, years ago. Nice. When you were out there? No. Oh, okay. um, Up until Illinois started being... A complete asshole. <laughs> I'd get just about all of my scotch and a lot of rum and Irish whiskey from overseas, from the UK. Uh-huh. From uh, I can still get it from Amsterdam because they send it discreetly. But you get really good stuff and better Dude. price too. Some of the time. Yeah. What's the lead time on that? Like a week or two, or? I uh, a place I used to get from in the UK all the time. I don't know how they made it happen. I'd get it in like three business days. And I did stupid shipping. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, Matt, nickels and perks. Back when I used to order from them, I'd order on Monday, and I'd have it Thursday or Friday. Absolutely. That's crazy. That is crazy. From all the way there, here in three days. Yeah, I think they had some kind of supply chain of getting it to a liquor place in in like New Jersey who would then expedite it. I don't know. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The international drizzly half of it. Sounds great to me. Yeah. Well, guys, we don't want to take any much more of your time and kind of like relax and go and appreciate the time you have now. So get back at it, I guess. On are you doing working tomorrow? Are you saying are you saying the time we have left or what are you saying? <laughs> time we have left in this world. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think we're bottling tomorrow, but I think tomorrow we're gonna have to catch up on all the fucking emails and requests that we got. Uh, yeah. Just, oh, it's hard to keep up, you know. It's we put, you know, we have that uh, done, but just bombarded. For yeah. for anyone listening, we have a uh, you know, on our website, you click on the hand sanitizer um link on the top, you know, there's, you know, it says products, contact us, all that. It says hand sanitizer. When you go to that, it's got a uh, two links. One is a donation link, so people can you know throw in five, ten, twenty. You know, we've had the biggest donation we've had is five hundred bucks, which is yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. But you know, five, ten, twenty, whatever, a dollar, whatever. You know, uh, just it it helps. You know, we're we're not we're not doing this based on donations. Um, yeah. But we're not above asking for help, you know. <laughs> I mean, we're we're doing this all out of our own pockets. We are perfectly happy with doing every penny of it that way. But uh, if people want to help, and you know, the reason we, we the reason we put it up there was because people said we want to help. How can we donate? So right. we put that donation link up there, and then more importantly, we put up, put up a link that uh, 
is for hand sanitizer requests. So it's a request form. Yes. So anybody can go in there and fill out the form, you know, shooting us an email, giving us a call. We're going to forget it. You know, the, the form online, yeah, that's the reality of it. We're right. going to forget it. So the, the form online, if somebody has an organization that really needs sanitizer, um, go to our website, go to that form and fill it out. Uh, at this point, uh, cautiously, I can say that we've got enough materials to take care of everybody who most everybody, I'm going to say 80% of the places that have requested. Um, so, you know, we're kind of just starting in Galena and kind of expanding that radius out. Um, so we're trying to, you know, take care of anybody who needs it. If it's, if it's Galena, if it's San Diego, if it's, you know, San Antonio, we're just trying to get it out. So that's the best place to request it. And have then, you had uh, people from outside yeah. of Illinois request stuff from you? We oh, have yeah. probably yeah. actually more than half of our requests have been from out. Uh, eh, about 40 to 50% of the requests have been from outside of Illinois. Wow. California, Alabama. Like, yeah, just all California, over Alabama, Texas, uh, New York, New Jersey. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not, uh, I'm not mocking the people that, you know, filled out the form and said, we need sanitizer. People are scared. Yeah. You know, people are scared. Everyone's scared. Nobody knows what's going on. So, you know, these people aren't, uh, they're not trying to take advantage. You know, mm -hmm. it's like somebody could say, Hey, we're in Illinois here and we've got, you know, in the last hour, we got 10 requests from places here in Illinois and we got one from Dallas, Texas, like whatever, cross the Dallas guy off. You can't do that. No, people are, people are just in general, people are just scared and don't know what's coming. So you know, uh, the guy in Dallas who requests it for, you know, his organization, uh, I have no qualms with the fact that he has probably gone to every, dis he has probably gone to the news articles online and right. looked at every single distillery that is making sanitizer. Hey, there it was. That was the first one, sanitizer and sanitizer. Um, <laughs> you know, they're looking for anything they can get. So yeah. we don't care that they're trying to get, you know, going to 12 different places and asking for it. But, you know, when, when it comes down to it, we're gonna, when we're going to deliver it, we need to make sure that they haven't already gotten 100 gallons or 50 gallons. So we just want to make sure it all gets spread out evenly. Yeah. No, it's one thing that this, you know, this virus doesn't obviously discriminate at all between, like, where you're from or what you look like. It's all about that kind of the buildings. It's not, unfortunately, it's one of those united things that's brought us all together. Um, kind of as a country and as a globe, it's like, hey, how can we help one another? Yeah, which is yeah, uh, absolutely. It's unfortunate it takes like things like this, a world pandemic, or to bring us all together. But at least there's people out there doing their parts, yeah. like you guys. Have you stayed in t contact with other distilleries that are producing and talking about the, you know, kind of the the woes of it and kind of getting around everything? It's not not as much talking about the woes, but people are helping each other out with. Uh, I mean, even the, the document that the World Health Organization gives still, you know, there's some logistics to get over with how to do the blend correctly and mm. how to properly dilute hydrogen peroxide. And you find yourself reaching out to friends and someone's like, hey, I got this spreadsheet from this place that'll help you calculate this out rapidly. So 
it's it's been more positive, and that's usually how this industry is. You yeah. know, it's it's that's people, true. those who have something to offer, generally help each other out. Right. You know, so um, people have kind of been banding together, ultimately, but not yeah. not not talking about the woes too much. I think it's good. I think uh, everybody gets enough of that on their own. You know, yeah. at home. Turn the so, news on, yeah. Well, yeah people trying. You know, as we sit here right now in the craft distilling industry, the distilling industry, and you guys are probably going to all shake your heads in agreement. The word competition is just gone. You know, there's there's no nobody's competing with anybody. We're just all trying to survive, all trying to do our part. You know, we'll pick up the pieces later, but there's just there's just none of that the, that sense of competition and fighting for, you know, shelf on, you know, shelf space and things like that. It's just, it's all, let's all work together and just squash this so we can all get back. Yeah. You know, definitely. No, it's even like just the Wilson and I were out, was that last Tuesday, maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of seeing, just saying hi to accounts before, like, Hey, we don't know if you're going to shut down for a month or for how long, or if not at all. And just saying hi, and it wasn't about like, oh, like let's talk about your individual brands. It's like just talk about how you know, we're all going to survive this together. So definitely, yeah. it's cool to see you guys on the inside doing it all, and then us on the outside, kind of dropping our, you know, our our labels, our identities, and more just focusing on one word, which is whiskey. Whiskey. Whiskey, like indeed. Word. It's a good word. It's not a bad word. Whiskey. It's a great word. I keep thinking. Listen, are you in a jungle, by the way? No, man. Uh, it's a indoor <laughs> yeah. garden. You, uh, you like, yeah. You uh, on the Skype call for their, those listening at home. Uh, yeah. Wilson has this little. It, it, he has blurred his background, which yes. makes it look like he's sitting in the middle of a greenhouse. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it feels like. It's right. warm. It's, yeah. it's lush. Hey, he's, we're in a new uh, Star Wars hat. An oxygen yeah. farm going on right now during this pandemic. <laughs> we'll see you have your screen blurred so we can't see that yeah and our listeners at home can't see that either damn we need to get a youtube channel yeah there we go that's a good hat that's a good barrels let's just say barrels and bitches what's that say oh, barrels and barrels and barrels barrels and Awesome guys. Well, um, is there anything else that uh, the listeners should know out there about how to contribute, how to help out with everything going on? Um, I think during this time of crisis, Mike wanted to talk to the general popula- population of uh, beard growers about proper beard care. Um, yes. Just yes. all the things you need to do during this time to keep your beard not only healthy, but also <laughs> sanitary. Uh, go ahead, Mike. And on and on Matt, that note, Larry, it's time to go about? watch Tiger King. <laughs> oh, Mike God. just wants to watch Tiger Don't King. Get me started. Ah. Hey, <laughs> Ozark just started today. I know Ozark. Ozark. Yeah. I am overstoned about that. I may spend the entire weekend watching Ozark. Yeah, yeah you I, deserve I, it. Yeah. This segment sponsored by Tiger King. <laughs> <Ozark>. <laughs> Who else did we mention today? Seincraft. Uh, my wife and I, we watched 15 minutes of that, and she's like, why are we watching this? I'm like, 
I, I don't. I don't know. Should it's I turn it off? Tiger King. Tiger King. Go <laughs> oh, keep going. It's bonkers. I listen to podcasts, and I kind of. It's like I know what's coming, but the pod or the the um, what they have on TV right now, the documentary they have is like the same story, but it's so much more in depth. So what's more in depth, uh, the podcast or the documentary? What's up? What's more in depth, the, the podcast or the documentary? Mm, the documentary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, well you can have visual. I mean. Yeah. Well, awesome, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, obviously, once again. Um, we'd love to have you on, like, in a couple of weeks to see where we're at, you know, from all this. and. Yeah. Uh, if it's you know slowing down for you with the hand sanitizer, let's all hope so. But who knows in the time being right now, and uh, how everything's going from there. For sure, man. Yeah, we'd be happy to come back on and give you a little update because, as you know, things change by the day, uh, by the hour. It seems like sometimes. Right, right. Wilson, any last words? No, sir. Just everybody be safe. Work together. Help each other out. Stay in touch. Let if you guys need anything, I'd be more than happy to drive. What three hours was it? Something like that. As long as yes. we don't take a take a detour through to Beloit. <laughs> yeah, but we got to have uh, Casey's, man. That was dope. We could have got Casey's and Galena. And finally, fuck Tony Blum. Whoa! <laughs> no better way than any of that. Right there, guys. <laughs> awesome. We'll take care. Right, um, hope your thanks. family stays safe. Yourselves, Honestly, let me, you let too. Us know if any help to you. Absolutely. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers.